Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. So this is Outside the Walls, part one. We're going to go to Mark chapter nine. As we begin the fast, uh, we're going to talk specifically about some fasting principles today. Mark chapter nine, verse 27. We're going to read from the New King James Version. Some of you are going to be really excited about that. We're actually going to the New King James. It says, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Verse 29 says, so he said to him, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. If you don't know this story, this is, I love this story. This is a story that we talk about in our community quite a bit. Because this story, the Bible says that they brought a man to Jesus' disciples. Jesus uh, is doing something else, we assume. And uh, as the disciples are trying to heal this, this man's son, they can't do it. They, 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 they try, and they are unable to, and, and, and so I'm sure they are embarrassed, they're humiliated, and so by the time that it comes to Jesus, the man says, i got to take this kid to Jesus. And so they get to Jesus, and Jesus really uh, exhibits some frustration about the lack of faith that is in the disciples. And he t- says some really radical things that we'll look at in a minute about like how long does he have to put up with us. That's, that's what he says. It's like, you know, take that how you want. But Jesus says, oh, you call, them a, call those an unbelieving and perverse generation. Those are Jesus' words, not mine, all right? And, and he said, how long do we have to put up with you? And then this story picks up where we just began to read, and it says that Jesus brought the boy to him. The boy was demon-possessed, and Jesus speaks to the demon, tells it to leave. The, the boy gets completely healed, and then Jesus looks at his disciples, and this is what he says. He says, this kind can come, only can come out by prayer and by fasting. And I want to look at that thought because I believe that is really the beginning of what we'll talk about in the next coming weeks is how we get outside the walls is first off, you've got to get outside of your walls. For, for the church to get outside of our walls, we have to get outside of our personal walls. We've got to get outside of personal boundaries and personal comfort zones. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Sometimes there is a tendency or temptation to create church for people's comfort. But I'm just going to tell you, to create a church for people's comfort is to abandon the assignment that God has for the church to actually push them outside of comfort and into uncomfortable places where they have to grow, where they have to have faith, and they can actually be what God's called them to be. I want you to just think about this. What, what if a gym, like, like a fitness center, worked around people's comfort? Like, we've got machines that make you feel comfortable, We've got recliner, curl bar. I mean, it's like, no, everything about the gym is to create resistance so that you can grow. But we want the church to be this place of comfort, but we still want to grow. Do you know when Christians were polled uh, about the number one thing they wanted from a church? This is what they said. They wanted spiritual growth. Now, I'm going to ask you something. How, if you want spiritual growth, but you refuse to be uncomfortable, how is this attained? It's like if we polled the group of people that are here watching online and we asked you, uh, you know, what's the number one thing you want out of 2018? And you said, I want to be in shape. 
That's it. Like, I'm, I'm getting my college bod back. That's it. I'm happening. I'm taking the freshman, whatever it was, off, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting in shape. That's what I want to do. And, and, and then we, we said, okay, we're going to create this, we're going to create this gym for you to, to, to get into shape. And you said, well, I don't want to, I don't want to work out. I just want to be in shape. This is how believers live. Is we want to be effective. We want to grow. We want to be powerful. We want to have miracles. We want to live a victorious Christian life. But yet, we want to be comfortable. So when we talk about outside the walls, we're talking about breaking some boundaries. We're talking about breaking some old mindsets. We're talking about breaking the status quo. We're talking about breaking this ordinary place that life tries to lull us into. Outside, this is the definition of outside that I love, one of the definitions. It says situated or moving beyond the boundaries or confines of situated or moving, this is my prayer for you in 2018, that you would be moving beyond the boundaries or the confines of whatever has happened previously in 2017. I don't care if 2017 was a good year or a bad year. I want us to move outside because the Bible says he takes us from glory to glory, from strength to strength. That means that this thing's better, this thing needs to be getting better. I need to be getting stronger. My walk with Jesus should not be disintegrating it should be growing. It should not be diminishing. It should be increasing. And that increase is not up to God. That increase is up to me. It is up to me. Have you ever faced a problem or a situation where you know you didn't have the know-how or the power or the means to overcome it? That's what the disciples were faced with. The disciples came to this, and, and this is like their moment. Jesus has been doing all the miracles. I mean, he's just, he's taking care of business. He's Jesus, and they're his disciples. And they're just like, we're with, we're with him. Like, that's kind of how it's happening. And then all of a sudden, Jesus isn't there. And there's a man with a son, this demon possessed. And the Bible says he, he's like foaming at the mouth. He's convulsing. He's seizing. And the disciples are like, uh, uh, this, is, this is our moment. This, this, is, this is it. Gather around. This is it. Like, we come in the name of Jesus. We don't know where he is. We really wish he was here right now. But we are going to do this like he did it. And they try and they fail. They recognize that they don't have the power necessary to bring about the miracle that is needed in the moment. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I've felt at times where I have faced a problem. I have faced a mountain. I've faced an obstacle. And I've done everything I know to do. I have tried everything I know to try. But I do not have the power, the know-how, the means, the resources, the faith to believe for that miracle. And this is where the disciples find themselves. And they're like, you know what? We better bring this guy to Jesus. This is getting serious. This is getting out of control. We better bring him to Jesus. This year we have to break out of comfort. We got to break out of complacency. We got to break out of walls of compromise. Break out of walls of the ordinary. Break out of walls of the unknown. We got to break out of the walls of security. Because in order to go to another level, we've got to leave the level that we've been on. Which means that we have to step into some element of discomfort. You want to grow spiritually? It's actually pretty easy to grow spiritually if you're willing to get uncomfortable. If you're willing to get outside of the walls, 
In, in Mark chapter 9, this story is read. I want to read you the rest of the story in the message just to kind of give you some context. Mark chapter 9, verse 17 is in the message translation. It says, a man out of the crowd answered. This is the story we just talked about. Teacher, I brought my mute son made speechless by a demon to you. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and goes stiff as a board. I'm just going to tell you, in ministry, that's not like the, the event that you want to like cut your teeth on. You know, you, you want to start with like, I've got a headache, pastor, can you pray? Absolutely. This is not the one. Like, the boy convulses, seizes, and goes stiff as a board. And they're like, disciples, what do you have? Like, John? Pete, anyone want to go first? This is what's happening. He says, uh, I told your disciples hoping they could deliver him, but they couldn't. Jesus said, and this is Jesus, you know, he's just taking shots here. What a generation. No sense of God. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? That's what Jesus said. Bring the boy here. They brought him. When the demon saw Jesus, I think this is wild, it threw the boy into a seizure, causing him to writhe on the ground and foam at the mouth. He asked the boy's father, how long has this been going on? Ever since he was a little boy, many times it pitches him into the fire or the river to do away with him. If you can do anything, I love this, if you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. Jesus said, if? I love that. If? After he just got done roasting them, they said, well, like, if you can do, whoa, 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 did you just say if to me? That's what Jesus is saying. Like, just rewind this thing. You did not just come into 2018 and ask me if. Like, I'm, I'm trying to take you outside. I'm trying to take you into a new dimension. I'm trying to take you to a new level. Have you not seen the dead raise? Have you not seen the deaf ears open? And you're going to come up here and ask me if? If? This is what he says. If, Jesus said, if there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried, then I believe and help me with my doubts. I just want you to know that Jesus said, if, like there's no ifs with believers. This is where many of us are, is we do not see God move supernaturally because we're still wondering if he can. We're still trying to decide, can he do it? We're still trying to do, decide, is he able to do it? The situation looks too bad. It's too far gone. He'll never change. She'll never change. They'll never get it. The boss will never see my worth. The, 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 the finances will never be enough. The church will never see my gifting. That all of these things, if... Jesus said, there's no ifs. If you're a believer, anything is possible. And if you could just say one thing over your 2018, it's to get rid of if. And to start asking when. To get rid of if he can. And start asking when he will. Because that really is the question with God. Is not all things possible to him who believes? We say it, but do we believe it? Or do we find ourselves like the disciples and like many believers around the world still asking if? With God, it's not if he can. It's when he will. It's when he will. Now, I know this gets in the way of some of our own experience because we've been believing for something and something hasn't happened. 
So we say, well, Pastor, you're saying it's not if he will, but when he will, but like, what, what, what's, what's up with my situation when God didn't come through? I'm going to tell you this, and we'll explain this further, but this is a posture of faith. This is the posture of a believer, because the question is, can he? And do we believe that he can? Whatever the situation, you're, do we believe that he can? So if we believe he can, that is the statement of faith. That is the belief that we ground ourselves in, that we declare over our lives, that we will not be shaken from, that we know he can. So we look to when he will. We do not look to if he is able. I'm, I'm, if you know me, I'm a competitive person. Okay, like, like really competitive. I, I've really backed down over the last couple years. Like I'm, I'm trying. I'm getting better. I'm, I'm working on it, it actively because and, and I'm, I'm trying to be better at everybody else at it. And I'm joking. Um, it, but but I'm, I'm competitive, and it's got me in, into a lot of trouble. And, and there was one occasion we were uh, all playing a game, which some people like, believe, like, you know, if you just play pickup football, it's exactly that, like pickup football. It's still a game. You still keep score. It still matters who wins. Okay, so I had some people on my team that, like, like we were playing a team that was really impressive. They were really good, really gifted. And so somebody on my team says, man, I, I don't know if we can win. And I'm like, hey, 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 to the other team. Hey, hey guys, did you want another player? Because I don't like this guy. Like, for real. I do not want this guy. And, and this, this kid was like, oh, you're joking, right? I'm like, no, seriously, I don't want you on my team. He's like, you're taking this way too serious. I'm like, you better believe I am. If, if you came out here and you said if, like you are going to play with the wrong mentality, just go sit down, all right? Go give me some water or something. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I was thinking it, but I didn't say it. Because if you got an if he can mentality, I'm just going to tell you, it affects every posture of your life. If you're still trying to decide if you can win, no, I'm going to tell you, my Bible says I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm an overcomer. I can't be brought down. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. In 2018, I already made up my mind. I'm going to win. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And that's the spirit that God wants in believers that believe that he can and that he will and have the tenacity to wait and to hope and to look when it seems like he's not answering because this part's easy oh yeah he can he can he can and we all stand and cheer he can and then you go home to the same broken family and to the same broken situation. See, faith is not in a moment at church when we stand and cheer. Faith is lived out through tireless Monday mornings and Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. All throughout the week, it's lived out. It's this heart. It's this ember in your, in your soul that believes that he can. And he will. It, it believes. It, this is what the man said in the message translation. I love it. It says, Jesus, if you have a heart and can help us, great news, he has a heart. He has a heart, and he can help us. I, I want to talk just about this 
outside the walls and just look at our 2018 for a second. I'm just going to tell you some things. I love brand new years. I love being motivated myself, and I like to just tackle like a new thing. Let me just give you some things that you're going to need in 2018. And, and from this story, I think we can pull some elements that will help you this year to get outside of your comfort zone, to get outside of the walls and be what God's called you to be. You have to take a stance. See, this is, this is what I find with a lot of people is we are still wavering between if, if he will and when he will. We have not really taken the stance that we said, we're going to put our feet down on this. We're going to put our roots down on this one, and we are just going to declare that he can. In verse 24 in the message, it said, No sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried, Then I believe. Then watch what he says. Help me with my doubts. In the NIV translation, it says, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. In our community, you'll hear this story quite a bit because we talk about the, past, the, the posture of faith. The posture of faith is not that I never have a doubt. The posture of faith is that I have taken a stance to believe in faith even when the situation looks opposite or it looks bad or it looks daunting. I am going to set my face. I am going to set my posture. I'm going to take a stance in faith. This is what this man did. He says, okay, so like you've, de- you've told us you can, so this is my decision. I believe. But God, I got a lot of unbelief. See, this is where a lot of us find ourselves, isn't it? It's like it's easy, it's easy to, like, to look at those people that are like, we believe, and be like, you don't know my life. You don't know my situation. Or those people that like always have faith and then they look down on you because you don't have faith and you're like, if I, I, I didn't get a breakthrough because I didn't have enough faith. This is what God said, this is what Jesus said to this man as they're talking. And this is the, this is the declaration of the man. He says, Lord, I believe. Help me with the parts of me that don't believe. Can I just help you with some theology for a second? That man got his son healed that day. How do you get healing with some doubt? Because he he admitted that he had doubt. So some of you are living under shame and condemnation that you didn't get healed or you didn't get a breakthrough because you had some doubt. Well, it flies exactly in the face of what Jesus proved to us in that passage because it's the posture of faith. It's saying, Lord, I'm, I'm doing my best to believe, but help me with my unbelief. And because Jesus has a heart, he sees you in your posture. He sees you in your stance to say, I'm going to believe, even though it looks like I shouldn't believe, even though it looks like a situation where I'm wondering if you can work or if you can come through I am going to believe that you can that is my posture that is my stance as you step into fasting these 21 days this is how you have to begin your fast with a posture with a stance that says yes God can if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything This is how we want to live sometimes. Like, well, I just don't want to commit anywhere. No, you've got to commit somewhere. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Too many people are still wondering if God can and refusing to take a stance to choose to believe. You know why I think a lot of people don't take a stance to believe? Is that they're worried that if God doesn't come through, what they're going to look like. That's why taking a stance is so powerful. Because it says, even if I look like a fool in the midst of it, I'm going to go down believing. I'm going to go down in faith. I'm going to tell you, if there's a way to go, 
It's standing and believing. It, it is, I never back down. I never changed my mind. My posture was for faith. The second thing you got to do in 2018 is you got to find a rhythm. And this, I want to speak specifically to fasting because this is what Jesus said to, to his disciples. He says, so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There's all kinds of debate about this passage and what it actually means. And, and because some, some uh, ancient scrolls didn't have fasting as a part of this scripture. So it said, just, it said this comes out by prayer. And then fasting was added later in some. So many people have debated whether these go together. But this is what I believe Jesus was saying. Is Jesus was not saying you got to pray and fast before you cast the demon out. Like, oh man, like here's the kid with the demon. Oh man, like lunch is coming up. I'll skip lunch. I'll pray for you after lunch. Because this kind only comes by prayer and fasting. No, I'm going to tell you what prayer and fasting does. Prayer and fasting produces faith in you for the miracles and for the problems that you'll face. It, fasting does not bring miracles. Fasting brings faith. Fasting does not bring the breakthrough. Fasting brings faith. It builds up your spirit, the strength of who you are. It fills your reservoir. So when the trouble comes, when the trial comes, you can stand under pressure. The prayer and fasting would not work the miracle but were necessary to sustain the faith which would successfully call upon Christ's power in such a case. The rhythm of prayer doesn't cause miracles. It builds our faith. It builds our faith and then causes miracles. So this is what Jesus was saying. He was saying you've got to enter into a lifestyle or a rhythm of prayer and fasting. You know when most people pray? When there's a problem. Do you, how you, do you know how you get breakthrough power like Jesus had? You pray when there's not a problem. You begin to create a rhythm of devotion with God. This is what the 21-day fast is attempting to do for you. It is to set you up on a rhythm for 2018 that you are going to make time and space to be with God. And I'm going to tell you what rhythm does. Rhythm creates momentum. And momentum breaks walls. Whatever you're facing, whatever's boxed you in, whatever's tried to hold you in, the rhythm that you create by daily discipline will create momentum. And that momentum will break through walls that you could ordinarily not breakthrough momentum gives you power it, it, it gives you something that you do not have momentum the, the power of something that is already moving your daily rhythm gets you moving it, what is the, that daily rhythm it's time and space it's being with God. It's carving out some part of your schedule where you turn your eyes on God. You put your attention on God. You go to the Word. Too many of us, we go to culture to draw our morals and our ethics. And I just want to, I mean, it might sound old school, but I think we should go back to the Word of God and pull our morals and pull our ethics from what was written so many years ago because there are some things that are crystal clear in the Word of God that we abandon under the guise of cultural relevance. But God's asking us to come back to his word, to what he said in Revelation. It says, do not take away or add to these words because this is the instruction. It's the, a lot of people call it the instruction book for life. The Bible. Old school. Getting back to the word of God that creates rhythm in your life. Fasting wouldn't bring the miracle, but it would produce the faith that would bring it. 
This is what Jesus was saying to his disciples. He was saying, guys, like you can't just show up on the scene and pray for that miracle. This necessitates a greater degree of power. But to operate on that level of power, it's not like here's a big problem, so now I got to get a big prayer life. I got to get a big prayer life in peace so that when problems come, I have a reservoir of power and I'm ready and I'm confident. What we're trying to help you do in 2018 is you got to build your reservoir. You've got to fill it up because trials will come. The Bible says in this world you will have trouble. You will have trials. James says when you face trials of many kinds, when you face them, not if you face them, you will go through fire. And if you've got a reservoir of faith, then you can just sit and know that it's only a matter of time before God comes through. It's not if he will, it's when he will. In 2018, after you have took a stance and after you've created rhythm, this is where I want to end, is you have to make a move. I've been talking to people all over the place about this and online, and we preached about this last week. 2018 is going to be an exact replica of 2017, unless you change. This is what we love. It's like the changing of the calendar, and we have hope again that something's going to change. The only difference between December 31st of 2017 and January 1st of 2018 is the flip of a calendar. And it will yield the same exact results of last year unless we change. We have to change. So what does that mean? That means we've got to take a stance of faith. And we got to decide that he can. It's when he can, not if he can. And then we have to decide to create positive rhythm. So as we create rhythm, we're creating time and space. And we're meeting with God old school. Like actually praying. Actually being with him. Actually learning from him. Actually studying his word. Actually feeling our bodies and our lives and our, our, our hearts with him. Being at encounter nights. Being in church. Being in groups. Getting around right atmospheres that begin to direct your life. All of those things. And if you do that, then you're ready to make a move. Because the problem with the disciples is they made a move, but they had not created rhythm. So they went to cast the demon out of the boy, but they had not filled up a reservoir of power. And then they wondered why that it didn't work. And that's why Jesus was frustrated because he had been teaching them now for about two years how to operate in power. And it was every, you see this all throughout the scriptures, that Jesus would withdraw and pray. He, he would withdraw from a crowd that had needs to go and pray. Why? Well, Jesus, they have needs. Yeah, but you got to have power to meet needs. Because it wasn't who Jesus was. He came as a man. It was whose name he came in. It was in whose power he came in. And he understood that he had to get charged up in order to walk into an area and produce something. This is where we do not get it as believers. Is because we just think that we, you know, we're okay and we're just calling the name of the Lord when we really need him, when it's really serious. No, I want you to know this, is that your daily disciplines create a reservoir. It creates a rhythm for your life that when the problems come, you can make a move. And you don't have to make that move wondering. You can make that move with definitive understanding that you have already sown into 
What, see, if, if, you, if you've been training for a marathon, you've been training. I mean, you've already got put in the work. You've been training for the marathon. When the marathon comes, you might be like a little bit nervous or a little bit anxious, but you know you put in the work, so you're ready. That would be a little bit different than if you told me, hey, this afternoon after all the services, why don't you just go out and run a marathon? I'd be like, start sweating. I'm like, no, this is bad. I would disappear. Uh, like, you wouldn't be able to find me. And like, where's Dustin? We don't know. He's gone. Because I know that I've not trained in order to do. So uh, most believers, either they make a move and they blame God for no power, or they never make a move because they have no confidence that God's power will show up when they make a move. So this is what Jesus was trying to teach them, is you've got to enter into the rhythm of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting lifestyle unlocked power for the next dimension. Let me say it this way. A prayer and life, prayer and fasting lifestyle got you beyond the walls of where you've been, of your past pain, of your past situations. It's the Jesus lifestyle. The Bible says that Jesus went into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. We're doing 21 day. Jesus fasted for 40 days and he came out after 40 days. The Bible says he was hungry. It's like, that's a given. It's been 40 days. He was hungry. And then it says, and filled with the Holy Spirit and power, he began, his ministry began after he had prayed and after he had fasted. You do not see Jesus run around doing all kinds of miracles before he fasted. He prayed and he fasted, and it brought him into a level outside of the walls of normal, outside of the walls of the status quo, where he was able to do what he did. Bill Johnson, pastor of Bethel, he says this, Jesus didn't fast for a specific miracle. He fasted into a lifestyle. See, some of us, we're praying and fasting for a specific miracle, and I don't think that's wrong, but I'm just going to tell you, that praying and fasting is trying to move you into a lifestyle of stop saying, if he will, if he will, if he will, and we start saying, when he will, when he will, when he will, when he, I, I just, maybe it's my being competitive, or maybe it's faith. I just think we should win. Well, you're going to take losses in life. Yeah, I just refuse to take the losses that God already guaranteed that I would win. I'm not going to take a loss just because it makes me look better and it makes my reputation sound better if I just back away from the battle instead of stepping into it and looking like an idiot for a little while. I can look like an idiot for a little while as long as I know when he will and not if he will. If I don't know he's going to come through, I might be a little bit worried. But if I know that it's only a matter of time, the Bible says God is able to perfect that which concerns you. Our God is not short-armed. He is not short-powered or short-strength. God is full of power. He's full of strength. He is able. That's the God that we serve. And in 2018, that's the God that he wants to make personal to you. It's not just something that's for someone else. Power is not just something for someone else. Miracles is not something for someone else. It's for us. But as you create rhythm, it becomes available. As you take a stance to ask, not if he will, but when he will. It says Luke chapter 4, verse 14. This is the scripture I talked about. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit after he fasted. It says he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. 
See, tomorrow we're starting to fast. And for many of you, you've never fasted before. And I, I just want to give you a couple things as we begin to wind down. I want you to join us. Because I think that in, just in this room, watching online, Wiley, I think that there are a lot of impossible situations. Situations that we've confronted, and it's like, there's no way this is going to move. There's no way this is going to change. We're like the disciples. But I want you to know that what is available to Jesus is available to you. That's why he told the disciples, he didn't, he didn't call them an unbelieving generation and then say, there's no hope. He said, you guys, don't you get it? This kind of power is only available through the rhythm of daily devotion or prayer and fasting or consistent connection to God. On a fast, we, we tell our church, our community, that you need to ask two questions. They're really simple. We tell them every year. On a fast, you got to ask two questions. What am I fasting for, from? Like, so what am I fasting from? I'm fasting from food. I'm fasting from social media. And then what am I fasting for? Two simple questions. If you only are fasting from something and not for something, you're just on a diet. All right? If you're going to fast from something, you better believe for something. And I would encourage you to write it down. If it's one thing, write it down. If it's a hundred things, write them down. And I'm fasting from this, and I'm fasting for this. I've got journals from the years that we've been doing this fast, of every year of things I'm believing for. The other day, I stumbled on this journal from 2015. And I opened it up on the things I'm fasting from and the things I'm fasting for. And I started checking. Check, 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 check. God answered all I didn't, even, I didn't even realize that he answered it because my timeline was 21 days. His timeline was when he will. See, we think the question becomes if he will because when he will is not in our timeline. But just because when he will didn't happen in our timeline doesn't mean that when he will change to if he will. That might set someone free. It's not if he will. It's when he will. Jensen Franklin says choosing to fast is choosing to come away from routine and wait upon the Lord with greater intensity seeking his face and his presence in a deeper way it is choosing to come away from routine and wait upon the Lord with greater intensity seeking his face and his presence in a deeper way let me tell you what a fast does a fast weakens the grip of your flesh that part of you that wants to do what you want to do, it weakens that because you're telling it what it will do. Like, we're not going to have sweets anymore. It weakens the power of the flesh over your life. A fast increases your sensitivity to God. It increases just your ability to hear Him, to sense Him, to feel Him. And a fast gives you faith to believe for whatever you believe in God for. That's what a fast does. I'll show you this in Isaiah 58 as we close. The band can come on back up. Isaiah 58, verse 6, it says this. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? I like that, every yoke. 
It is, not to sh- is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Anybody love that word quickly? Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say some of the greatest words in the entire Bible, hear am I. In 2018, I've got great news for you. God wants to reveal himself not as a distant God, not as just a religious structure, but as the God who says, here am I. I don't care how big the problem is, how big the adversary is, how big the struggle is, how big the bondage is. I have a God that declares, here am I. In 2018, I'm locked and loaded. I've made up my mind. I've set my face. My eyes are fixed. My mind is focused. I'm running into 2018 ready for everything that God has for me. I may have lost in 2017, but I've made up my mind in 2018. It is not if he will, it's when he will. And I'll hold on, I'll wait, I'll make it day in and day out from strength to strength, from glory to glory. I will not back down until I see what God has promised to me and to you and to this church and to this city in our day and in our time. Why don't you stand up with me? Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.